sing the doxology, it's found in your red hymn book number 549. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. He always had the very nature of God, but he did not think that by force he should try to become equal with God. Instead, of his own free will, he gave it all up and took the nature of a servant. He became like man. He appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience to death, his death on the cross. For this reason, God raised him to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name, so that in honor of the name of Jesus, all beings in heaven and on earth and in the world below will fall on their knees, and all will openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Number 476 is our first hymn, Give of Your Best to the Master.
gracious God, we are so thankful that we can celebrate this time together that we have. And Lord, I would ask that your presence would be with us more and more as we worship you during this time. That you would open up our hearts and minds to the things that we all need to hear so that we can draw closer to you. But God, right now it is an opportunity for each and every one of us to come before you with the needs that we have in our lives. And Lord, we just lay before you those needs, the small needs, the big needs, many times the needs that we think that we shouldn't even pray about, but God, you care about those things. You care about every aspect of our lives. And Lord, we lift each other up in prayer as well. We think of the needs that we are aware of, of the people that are here that are worshiping. And Lord, we lift those needs up. And God, it is so important that not only do we pray for our needs, but we lift each other up in prayer as well. And God, we are doing that right now. We think of family members and of friends that are not here with us this morning. Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer as well. And God, if they don't have the opportunity to worship this day, God, we ask that you would just give them that spirit of your presence wherever they might be. We think of the needs of patients throughout this medical center, of family members that are visiting, of the needs of the staff that are working here today. Lord, we lift them up to you as well. And God, we would just pray that you would give all of us the discernment, the peace, and the patience, the compassion, and the love that you want us to show to one another so that we can follow you as our example. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. 452, living a life for Jesus that is true.
Our scripture reading is found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives you life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakness, weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us of the time that we have had thus far that we need to walk in you in all things. And Lord, we would just ask that you would remind us that when we walk in you, we walk in the presence of your Spirit. And God, it is in that presence of the Spirit that we have been worshiping. We've been worshiping by the scriptures that we have read together, by the prayers that we have offered, by the hymns that we have sung to unify us as one body of believers who worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, I would ask that you would just help me to have that continue, that we worship you in all truth. In Christ's name, amen. I don't know about you, but when I was a child, sometimes you do foolish and dumb things. And sometimes those foolish and dumb things you do as a child are compounded when you have two older siblings. In my case, two older brothers. One was five years, or one is five years older than me, and one is four years older than me. And so on occasion from time to time, they would invite me along on some of their, if you will, projects, 
or experiments. And I always seem to have been the victim of those experiments. I don't know why, but I always seem to be the victim of that. And one time my two older brothers got this great idea that they were going to play Rescue 8. Rescue 8 is an old television show that was done from 1958 to 1960. So I know we're talking ancient history to some, but I actually looked it up and Rescue 8 was on for two seasons and it's very similar to like Emergency. You see the reruns of Emergency. So Rescue 8 was very similar in terms of what the theme was throughout the shows. And so it was on regular television for two years and then it was syndicated for about two, ten years actually. And so my two brothers decided that they wanted to play Rescue 8, but they needed to have somebody to rescue. Guess who they chose? You got it. They chose me to rescue. And so we went out to the playground and they decided that they were going to rescue me and so they took me up to the top of the slide, they tied a rope around my waist, so can you imagine what's coming now? And they decided to throw me off the slide. And so I actually remember dangling from, it was one of those big slides, you know, not the little ones that they got, remember those big ones that they used to have, right? Yeah, where you had to prove yourself, right? And so they had me dangling from this slide, and I was screaming because I was hanging there by this rope that was burning around my waist. I actually had rope burns around my waist. And so my dad heard us, and he comes running out, and obviously he said some things that were not very pleasant, and I will not repeat what my father said, but he was not very happy with my two older brothers playing Rescue 8 with me off the side of the slide. But there I was dangling. And I truly was asking for somebody to rescue me. There's no doubt about that. And so I think this morning, a lot of times when we look at our own lives, we get in our, find ourselves in situations where we find ourselves calling out to God to be rescued. Some of it is because we find ourselves in a set of circumstances, maybe not of our own choosing, Maybe some people that we trusted and that we had confidence in and they took us down the wrong path. Maybe it was a path that we freely chose to go on. But then we find ourselves in many ways as I was as a little boy, probably about four or five years old at the time, asking to be saved for someone to rescue me. And I found myself dangling from the side of that slide with that rope around my waist. And I think a lot of times in our lives we find ourselves dangling because we have put ourselves in a situation that we need to be rescued from. The scriptures that we have read this morning reminds us that within our own lives all the things that we have done wrong, all the things that we will do wrong, and as we continue to live, we'll continue to do wrong things, Christ died for you and I so that you and I are no longer condemned because of the sins in our lives. You and I have been set free. You and I have been rescued. You and I are no longer dangling from a rope tied around our waist, asking and yelling and screaming, pleading for someone to save us. 
because God has already done that through his son, Jesus Christ. So we have been rescued. And within our own lives, we are to live a life as though we have been rescued, as though we have been saved. But many times we find ourselves in situations again where we need to be rescued. We need to be saved. We are reminded this morning that we have already been saved. We have been saved in the Spirit. You and I have been set free in the Spirit. But I think we forget that we have been rescued. We forget that what Christ has done for us has saved us and that we are no longer condemned because of the things that we have done in the flesh. Because now we walk in the Spirit. And God wants us to walk in the Spirit because it is in walking in the Spirit that you and I find that life that we are always looking for that you and I find that peace that we're always looking for. And it is found in only one place, and that is walking hand in hand with God in the spirit of truth that he has provided each and every one of us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Now that does not mean that we can do whatever we want. On the contrary, when we walk with God in the Spirit... We do the things that honor and please God. We do those things that are truly in the Spirit. We do those things that reveal the holiness that we want to have with God. We do those things in Spirit that remind us to walk with Him in all things. Now this morning, if you read this portion of Scripture before we began our worship and if you found a sense of conviction that you have been walking in the flesh and not in the Spirit, I need to tell you that I too fell under conviction as I read this passage of Scripture this morning, again by myself before I came up here to preach to you. And not only just to preach to you, but also to preach to me. Because many times I find myself saying things that, Lord, I don't know where that thought came from, but it had to come from you. Because it is touching my life. It is convicting my life. And I thought with conviction, and there's a difference between feeling guilty and conviction. You hear what I'm saying? There's a difference between being convicted of the spirit of something that you need to work on and that you something that you need to change. Because if you're convicted of something in the spirit, it's the presence of God that is there in your life that is telling you to do something different. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because that means you are walking in the spirit. That means that you are doing the best that you can to walk in truth. And when you fall under conviction, it's a reminder of God's power in your life. The spirit of him walking with you. And so if you're feeling convicted today, it's a good thing. Because you're walking in spirit and truth. 
If you're feeling guilty, then you're walking in the flesh. Because guilt only comes when you're walking in the Spirit. Excuse me. Guilt only comes when you're walking in the flesh. There you go. I'll get it right. And conviction comes when you're walking in the Spirit. There you go. That's right. Thank you. Appreciate that. And so within our own lives, we find ourselves feeling guilty instead of feeling convicted. And so if you're feeling that guilt, it's probably because you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing in the flesh. If you're fleeing convicted, it means that God is saying, I just want to make your life better. I want you to have greater peace. I want you to have greater life as you're walking in the Spirit with me. So I'm convicting of you of something that you need to change to make it better. And when we do that, we truly see and understand that we have been rescued. Because if we are dangling, pleading to God to be rescued, more likely than not, we are in the flesh. If we are pleading with God because, God, you have convicted me of something that I need to work on in my life to make me better, then we are walking in the truth. And that God is convicting us because he understands that he wants to live in a spiritual, mature life with him. And we only do that by those trials that we have to go through, those circumstances that make things difficult for us. And even though there are times when we don't want those circumstances, but when we get through the other side, when we get through those circumstances we become more stronger, not in our own truth, not in our own spirit, but in the spirit and truth of God. The majority of us have a pretty long history in our lives, relatively speaking. And we know that there have been times when we have been in the flesh. We know that there have been times when we have been walking in the spirit. And if we compare those two lives that we have led, there's no doubt that if we had all truth and honesty, we had preferred to walk with the one when we were in the Spirit and not in the flesh. But yet we struggle with that. We struggle with that. We struggle with that every day. But we have been rescued. And it is because of that that you and I can be confident in those circumstances, in those experiences, in those trials that we might find ourselves in. Because we know that God is walking with us. And we know that if we're doing those things that are in the Spirit of God, we know if we do those things that resemble the Spirit of God in our lives, we know if we do those things that are Christ-like in terms of our actions with one another, we know that we have the confidence to go through those sets of circumstances. And many times we find ourselves confused because we see some things in our lives and we see that those things are not easy, that they are a trial for us. But there is a reason that you and I can be confident. Because, you see, we share in the glory of Jesus Christ. And not only do we share in the glory of Jesus Christ, we also share in His sufferings. 
The same spiritual power that was available to Jesus Christ as he went to the cross, as he endured that trial, that same power is available to you and I as we endure our own trials. The spirit of truth walking with Christ. So not only do we share in that glory, but we share in the sufferings because you and I, as we walk with God, we can endure those trials. We can endure those sufferings because we only have to look to the example of Jesus Christ. We only have to call out to God out of conviction for that help, for that guidance, for that discernment for that need in our lives that we need to have. The same glory that was given to Christ is the same glory that's given to you and I as his sons and daughters. Because you and I that know Christ as our own personal Savior are the sons and daughters of God. We have access to that same power. We have access to that same glory. You and I have been rescued to the point that we have that redemption. We have been redeemed because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And yes, that work of redemption is not complete in our lives. We are still working towards that path. It is incomplete. But God gives us that strength that we need to have, that one day we will be completed with him in his glory. You and I need to remind ourselves that as we do that, the Spirit of God is working in our lives, and it gives us those longings and those prompts in our lives to reach out to God in prayer, to reach out to one another in prayer, because we know that we are incomplete and that we need each other to lift each other up in spirit and in truth to pray for one another. If any of you have the Spirit of God reminding you during this week to pray for me, please do so because I guarantee it if the Spirit of God is speaking to you to pray for me, I need your prayers at that particular time. And in the same way, when I have thought of some of you and God has reminded me to lift some of you up in prayer during the week. I do so because there is a reason for that. I know that from time to time throughout my life when I have asked somebody about a specific incident, when I lifted them up in prayer, I asked them, can you tell me what was going on with you that particular day? And they said, oh yes, it was a very difficult day for me. I was you know, going through some really hardships. Why, did you ask? Why do you ask? I said, well, the God asked me to pray for you. I didn't know what the circumstances were, but God wanted me to lift you up in prayer. And that's how we finish that good work in each and every one of us, by lifting each other up in prayer, by sharing with one another who we truly are as one body of believers in Jesus Christ. Because within our own lives, if we truly have been rescued, if we truly are no, no longer dangling with a rope around our waist in the flesh, if we truly have been rescued in the spirit of truth that God wants us to have, then we respond with overwhelming confidence to the things that he wants to do 
in our lives. I don't know what God may be calling you to do. Maybe he might be calling you to talk to a friend that you haven't talked to for a while, or a family member. Maybe he's been telling you that I want you to do this because this is something that is good for other people. And you may not even know some of those people, but I want you to do a certain thing. And we respond with overwhelming confidence because God wants us to know in our lives that he wants us to do things in our lives in which we honor God. That's how we show that we are walking in the Spirit. That's how we show that we are no longer walking in the flesh. We become doers to the living presence of God in our lives. We do things for one another. We live in a sense of belonging within a greater community for one another. We understand that as we walk with God, we all struggle with things. We all have difficulty with certain things in our lives. But God reminds us that if we are no longer condemned, that we no longer have to be living by those things anymore. That we can live in that spirit. That you and I understand that as we are walking with God, we have an obligation freely given because we want to. We are obligated to walk with God because we freely choose to do so because we want to do so within that spirit. And so as we have been rescued, we live with confidence. We need not be afraid of those circumstances that we face in our lives. We need not be afraid. We need not walk in fear. We need not be concerned about what's going to happen if this happens, and what's going to happen if that happens, and what's going to happen if this happens. God has given us the spirit of truth not to walk in fear, but to walk in confidence. God has put to death because of what Christ did for you and me on the cross all of our misdeeds. All of our misdeeds were hung on the cross. Christ fulfilled the law for you and for me. That's why we are no longer condemned. That's why you and I are free from the bonds of the slavery of sin in our lives. Those chains are no longer attached to our bodies. Christ has been that key. It is in that key of no longer being condemned that you and I need to live our lives accordingly. To live our lives in that spirit of truth. To live our lives to understand that as we have been rescued, that there is an enjoyment in life that God wants us to have. He doesn't want us to be some sad sack walking around with an attitude or a sad face? Because when we do that, are we walking in the Spirit or are we walking in the flesh? I think I would say that we're walking in the flesh when we mumble and grumble about things because we're looking at our own needs. 
And when we're walking with that smile, when we're glad to see one another, we're looking out for the needs of others. The spirit of the truth that exists in you and I because you and I are no longer condemned. And consequently, when God convicts us, there is no hostility about that conviction because we are walking in the Spirit and truth. We are not angry at God because He's taking corrective action in our lives. We say, yes, God, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. It was something that I did in the flesh. Thank you for convicting me that I need to work on that, I need to change it, and I need to make it better because you want my life to be better. You want my life to have more peace. You want my life to be living in that truth. So it is my hope and prayer that we realize that we all have been rescued. And in doing so, we understand that we are to walk with that spirit that lives in each and every one of us because of the presence of Jesus Christ that you and I have accepted in our lives. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts for communion. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us that you want us to walk in spirit. And God, we are so thankful that you have convicted us of the things that we need to work in our lives so that we can have a better life in you, so that we can have a better life with one another. We thank you that your presence of your spirit has convicted us so that we can be closer to you. And we are so thankful that you are walking with us in our lives. And Lord, we would just ask that you would forgive us of our sins Forgive us of the times that we have walked in the flesh. Forgive us of the times when we have been hostile towards you when you have asked us to change something in our lives. Because, God, we were living in the flesh. Thank you, God, for giving us that direction and rescuing us. Rescuing us so that you and I can share in that glory of your presence in our lives. In Christ's name, amen.
received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Number 409, I will sing the wondrous story. Yeah. 
us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us today that we are to walk in your spirit in truth. And God, I would ask that you would help us to do that, that you'd remind us of the rescue that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.